The Pendant Shakespeare presents Episode 1 of William Shakespeare's Double Falsehood. My gracious father, this unwanted strain visits my heart with sadness. Why, my son? Making my death familiar to my tongue digs not my grave one jot before the date. I've worn the garland of my honours long. I would not leave it withered to thy brow, but flourishing and green, worthy the man, who, with my dukedoms, heirs my better glories. This praise, which is my pride, spreads me with blushes. Think not that I can flatter thee, my Roderick, or let the scale of love oppose my judgment. Like a fair glass of retrospection, thou reflectest the virtues of my early youth, making my old blood mend its pace with transport, while fond Enrique, thy irregular brother, sets the large credit of his name at stake, a truant to my wishes and his birth. His taints of wildness hurt our nicer honour. I trust my brother will, by the vantage of his cooler wisdom, erewhile redeem the hot escapes of youth, and court opinion with a golden conduct. Be thou a prophet in that kind suggestion. But I, by fears weighing his unweighted course, interpret for the future from the past, and strange misgivings why he hath of late, by importunity and strained petition, rested our leave of absence from the court. Why he hath pressed this absence, sir, I know not. But have his letters of a modern date, wherein by Julio, good Camilla's son, who, as he says, shall follow hard upon, and whom I with the growing hour expect, Enriquez doth solicit the return of gold to purchase certain horse that like him well. This Julio he encountered first in France, and lovingly commends him to my favor, wishing I would detain him some few days, to know the value of his well-placed trust. Oh, do it, Roderick, and essay to mold him an honest spy upon thy brother's riots. Make us acquainted when the youth arrives. We'll see this Julio, and he shall from us receive the secret loan Enrique requires. take such notice of my son Julio, that he must needs have him in court, and I must send him upon the view of his letter. Horsemanship? What horsemanship has Julio? I think he can no more but gallop a hackney, unless he practised riding in France. It may be he did so, for he was there a good continuance. But... I have not heard him speak much of his horsemanship. That's no matter. If he be not a good horseman, all's one in such a case. He must bear. Princes are absolute. They may do what they will in anything, save what they cannot do. Oh, come on, sir. Read this paper. No more ado, but read it. It must not be answered by my hand, nor yours. But in gross, by your person, your sole person, read aloud. Please you to let me o'erlook at mamma. I was this other day in a spleen against your new suits, 
I do now think some fate was the tailor that hath fitted them, for this hour they are for the palace of the duke. Your father's house is too dusty. <laughs> to court. Which is the better, to serve my mistress or duke? I am sued to be his slave, and I sue to be Leonora's. You shall find your horsemanship much praised there. Are you so good a horseman? I have been ere now commended for my seat. Or mocked. Take one commendation with another. Every third's a mock. Affect not, therefore, to be praised. Here's a deal of command and entreaty mixed. There's no denying. You must go. Peremptorily, he enforces that. What fortune soever my going shall encounter cannot be good fortune. You must needs go. He rather conjures than importunes. No moving of my love suit to him now? Great fortunes have grown out of less grounds. What may her father think of me, who expects to be solicited this very night? Those scattered pieces of virtue which are in him, the court will solder together, varnish, and rectify. She will surely think I deal too slightly, or unmannerly, or foolishly. Indeed, nay, dishonestly. To bear him in hand with my father's consent, who yet hath not been touched with so much as a request to it. Well, sir, have you read it over? Yes, ma'am. And considered it? As I can. If you are courted by good fortune, you must go. So it please you. By any means, and tomorrow. Is it not there the limit of his request? It is. I must bethink me of some necessaries, without which you might be unfurnished, and my supplies shall at all convenience follow you. Uh, come to my closet by and by. I would there speak with you. I do not see that fervor in the maid which youth and love should kindle. She consents as twere to feed without an appetite, tells me. She is content, and plays the coy one, like those that subtly make their words their ward, keeping address at a distance. This affection is such a feigned one, as will break untouched. Die, Frosty, ere it can be thawed while mine, like to climb beneath Hyperion's eye, burns with one constant heat. I'll straight go to her, pray her. To regard my honor. But she greets me. See how her beauty doth enrich this place. Oh, add the music of thy charming tongue. Sweet is the lark that wakens upon the morn and makes me think it paradise indeed. I was about to seek thee, Leonora, and chide thy coldness, love. What says your mother? I have not moved her yet. Then do not, Julio. Not move her? Was it not your own command that her consent should ratify our loves? Perhaps it was. But now I've changed my mind. You purchase at too dear a rate that puts you to woo me and your mother too. Besides, as she perchance may say, you shall not have me. You who are so obedient must discharge me out of your fancy. Then you know it will prove my shame and sorrow meeting such 
repulse to wear the willow in my prime of youth. Oh, do not rack me with these ill-placed doubts, nor think that though age has in my mother's breast put out love's flame, she therefore has not eyes or is in judgment blind. You wrong your beauties. Venus will frown on you if you despise her gifts. That have a face would make a frozen hermit leap from his cell and burn his beads to kiss it. Eyes that are nothing but continual births of new desires in those that view their beams. You cannot have a cause to doubt. Why, Julio, when you that dare not choose without your mother, and where you love you dare not vouch it, must not, though you have eyes, see with them? Can I think you somewhat, perhaps infected with your suit, sit down content to say you would, but dare not? Urge not suspicions of what cannot be, or you deal unkindly. Misbecomingly, I am loath to say, for all that waits you is graced and graces. No impediment shall bar my wishes, but such grave delays as reason presses patience with, which blunt not but rather wet our loves. Be patient, my sweet. Ha! <laughs> patient! What else? My flames are in the flint. Happily to lose a husband, I may weep. Never to get one. When I cry for bondage, let freedom quit me. From what spirit comes this? I now perceive too plain you care not for me. Duke, I obey thy summons. Be its tenor whatever it will, if war I will come thy soldier, or if to wake my silken hours at court the slave of fashion. I, with willing soul, embrace the lazy banishment for life since Leonora has pronounced my doom. What do you mean? Why talk you of the duke? Wherefore of war or court or banishment? How this new note is grown of me, I know not. But the duke writes for me. Coming to move my mother in our business, I did find her reading this letter, whose contents require my instant service and repair to court. <laughs> now I perceive the birth of these delays. Why, Leonora was not worth your suit. Repair to court, aye, there you shall, perhaps, rather, past doubt, behold some choicer beauty, rich in her charms, trained to the art of soothing, shall prompt you to a spirit of hardiness, to say so please you, mother, I have chosen this mistress for my own. Still you mistake me. Ever your servant, I profess myself, and will not blot me with a charge for all that sea and land inherit. But when go you? Tomorrow, my love. So runs the Duke's command, stinting our farewell kisses, cutting off the forms of parting, and the interchange of a thousand precious vows. Oh. Why heave that sigh? Julio, let me whisper what but for parting I should blush to tell thee. My heart beats thick with fears, lest the gay scene, the splendors of a court, should from thy breast banish my image. Kill my interest in thee, and I be left the scoff of maids to drop a widow's tear for thy departed fate. Oh, let assurance, strong as words can bind, tell thy pleased soul I will be wondrous faithful. True as the sun is to his race of light and shade to darkness and desire to beauty, and when I swerve, let wretchedness overtake me. Great as e'er the falsehood met or change can merit. Enough. 
I'm satisfied and will remain yours with a firm and untired constancy. Make not your absence long, old men are wavering, and swayed by interest more than promise given. Should some fresh offer start when you're away, I may be pressed to something, which must put my faith or my obedience to the rack. Fear not, but I, with swiftest wing of time, will labor my return, and in my absence, my noble friend, and now our honored guest, the Lord Enrique, will, in my behalf, hang at your father's ear, and with kind hints, poured from a friendly tongue, secure my claim. Is there no instance of a friend turned false? Take heed of that. No love by proxy, Julio. My father. What, Julio, in public? This wooing is too urgent. Is your mother yet moved in this suit, who must be the prime unfolder of this business? I have not yet, indeed, at full possessed my mother, whom it is my service follows, but only that I have a wife in chase. Chase? Let Chase alone, no matter for that. You may halt after her whom you profess to pursue, and catch her too. Mary, not unless your mother let you slip. Briefly, I desire you, for she tells me my instructions shall be both eyes and feet to her, no farther to insist in your requiring, till, as I have formerly said, Camilla make known to me that her good liking goes along with us, which but once breathed, all is done. Till then, the business has no life, and cannot find a beginning. I will know her mind, ere I taste sleep. At morn you shall be learned in her desire. I take my leaf. O virtuous Leonora, repose, sweet as thy beauties, seal thy eyes. Once more, adieu. I have thy promise, love. Remember, and be faithful. If I thought young Julio's temper were not mended by the metal of his mother, I should be something crazy in giving my consent to this match. And, to tell you true, if my eyes might be the directors to your mind, I could, in this town, look upon twenty men of more delicate choice. I speak not this altogether to unbend your affections to him, but the meaning of what I say is that you set such price upon yourself to him as many and much his betters would buy you at and reckon those virtues in you at the rate of their scarcity, to which, if he come not up, you remain for a better mart. My obedience, Papa, is chained to your advice. Tis well said, and wisely. I fear your lover is a little folly-tainted, which, shortly after it proves so, you will repent. I confess I approve him of all the men I know, but that approbation is nothing till seasoned by your consent. We shall hear soon what his mother will do, and so proceed accordingly. I have no great heart to the business, neither will I with any violence oppose it, but leave it to that power which rules in these conjunctions. And there's an end. Come, haste we homeward, girl. Where is the music, sir? Coming, my lord. Ha, yes. 
This maid for whom my sighs ride on the night's chill vapor is born most humbly, though she be as fair as nature's richest mold can make her. But what of that? The obscurities of her birth cannot eclipse the luster of her eyes, which make her all one light. Strike up, but touch the strings with a religious softness. Teach sound to languish through the night's dull ear till melancholy start from her lazy couch and carelessness grow convert to attention. She drives me into a wonder when I sometimes hear her discourse. The court were of report and guests alone inform her she will rave at, as if she were there seven reigns in slandered time. Then, when she reasons on her country's state, health, virtue, plainness and simplicity, on beauty's true entitled, scorning art, freedom as well to do as think what's good. My heart grows sick of birth and empty rank, and I become a villager in wish. Oh, be still and vanish. A gleam of day breaks sudden from her window. Oh, taper graced by that midnight hand. Who it's that woos at this late hour? What are you? One who for your dear sake watches, watches the, the star- starless night. night. Aye, 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 aye. My lord Enrique, oh, my ear deceives me. You've had my answer. And tis more than strange will combat these repulses. Oh, good my lord, befriend to your own health and give me leave. Securing my poor fame, nothing to pity what pangs you swear you suffer. Tis mm, impossible to plant your choice affections in my shade. At least, for them to grow there. Why, Fiolante? Alas, sir, there are reasons numberless to bar your aims. Be warned, towers more wholesome for these you watch in vain. I have read stories, I fear too true ones, how young lords like you have thus besung me in windows, set up plain girls like me, the idols of their worship then left them to bewail their easy fate and stand the world's contempt. Your memory, too faithful to the wrongs of few lost maids, makes fear too general. Oh, let us be homely and let us too be chaste, doing you lords no wrong, but crediting your oaths with such a spirit as you profess them, so no party trusted shall make a losing bargain. Home, my lord. What you can say is most unseasonable, what sing most abstinent and harsh. Nay, your perfume, which I smell hither, cheers not my sense like our field violet's breath. Why, this dismission does more invite my staying. <laughs> Men of your temper? Ugh! Make everything their bramble. Oh, senor! But I wrong that which I am preserving, my maid's name, to hold so long discourse. Oh, oh, 
My lord? Oh, oh. She's gone. Who am I that am thus contemned? The second son to a prince? Yes, well, what then? Why, your great birth forbids you to descend to a low alliance. Hers is the self-same stuff whereof we dukes are made, but clay more pure. And take away my title, which is acquired not by myself, but thrown by fortune on me or by the merit of some ancestor. Of singular quality, she doth inherit deserts to outweigh me. I must stoop to gain her. Throw all my gay comparisons aside and turn my proud additions out of service rather than keep them to become my masters. The dignities we wear are gifts of pride, and laughed at by the wise as mere outside. The Pendant Shakespeare, also known as the Wild Bill Variety Show, presents Episode 1 of Double Falsehood by William Shakespeare, featuring the voice talents of Adam Blanford as Roderick, Gareth Boley as Duke Angelo, Julia Eve as Camilla, Chase Greenlee as Julio, Bridget Gusowitz as Leonora, Sarah Palmero as Don Bernardo, M.L. Earhart as Enrique, Josh Kibbe as Herald, and Abigail Eliza as Bielante. All Andalusia by Shane Ivers at SilvermanSound.com, Sardana, as I figure, and Laid Back Guitars by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 License. CreativeCommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0. Dramaturgy and audio adaptation by Morgan Z. Soul. Directed by Adam Blanford and Jeff Robinson. Produced by Pendant Productions. This production is copyright 2022, Pendant Productions. For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening.